Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Informed Catholic. This is going to be episode 126. My name is Ned Jabbar, so welcome back again to another episode of the Informed Catholic. So we're going to continue uh, looking into uh, Joe Biden and his running mate, Kamala Harris. And, uh, well, you know... um, we're going to actually go through the same article I read uh, to you guys last time in episode 125 about Kamala Harris uh, being a bigot against Catholics. She um, basically uh, used, um, try to try to stop uh, ju- this uh, gentleman by the name of... Uh, Brian Bosher, um, who is a practicing Roman Catholic, who was nominated by President Trump to be a a district judge in Nebraska. And he's a practicing Roman Catholic and a member of the Knights of Columbus. In 2018, Kamala Harris was ready for him. And she uh, sent him a list of questions the import of which was to suggest that he was unqualified to serve on the bench because of his membership to the Knights of Columbus. And uh, this is, um, I'm using the same article by Stephen Mosher, who uh, it does blogs and writes for LifeSite News. It's a very good article. Um, now, since 1993, you have been a member of the Knights of Columbus in an all-male society comprised primarily of Catholic men. In 2016, Carol Anderson, leader of the Knights of Columbus, described abortion as a legal uh, abortion as a legal regime that has resulted in more than 40 million deaths. Mr. Anderson went on to say that abortion is the killing of the innocent on a massive scale. Were you aware that the Knights of Columbus opposed a woman's right to choose when you joined the organization? Notice how she's phrased the question. Notice how she carefully, carefully phrased the question to make the Knights of Columbus hostile, to make him look absolutely hostile, that he was dangerous to put on that bench to serve as a judge because of his religious beliefs and because the fact that he decided to join uh, a Catholic male organization that does a lot of charity. Now, first of all, he's a practicing Roman Catholic. To be a practicing Roman Catholic, you have to be pro-life. Yes, pro-life. Now, this is... I'm phrasing this and stressing this for those of you out there who have a problem with this, for those of you Roman Catholics out there who think that being Roman Catholic and being pro-life does not go along with, let's say, your secular life as a Roman Catholic. Well, let's really, let's really stress this, okay? We are a incarnation people. We believe in the incarnation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We believe that Jesus is God. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he was made incarnate in the womb of the Virgin Mary. Can you be any more pro-life than that? What about John the Baptist? What about the fact that you had Elizabeth and Zechariah who were barren, who didn't have a child, prayed for a child, begged God for years that they can have it in a society where they looked at barrenness as a curse, as a punishment. We are a pro-life church. I know the bishops don't like to talk about it. I know they don't like to talk about contraception. They don't mention it from the, uh, from the, from the pulpit. 
They're afraid to talk about it. Oh, sure, you have a pro-life group here, you know, but they try to, as best as they can, not to be involved with it. But now, here we have Kamala Harris, Joe Biden's running mate. Now, I don't know if you guys remember, but Kamala Harris attacked Joe Biden on several of his platforms. She's an opportunistic politician. She looks for any opportunity to get elected. She really has no morals and no standards whatsoever. She herself reminded Joe Biden that he was against uh, black children, uh, African-American children, to share a school bus. He was, he was for segregation. Did you know that? Remember, if you could remember, go back, go back, look at the debates. And she reminded him that I was that black little girl. And now she's his running mate. Right? What about the fact that he has um, some sexual harassment stains on him? Right? Remember the, the woman that, uh, I can't remember her name now, but remember the fact that he, he likes to touch. He has uh, loose hands. He likes to touch daughters. He likes to touch other men's wives. And she said herself that she believes in the victims, his victims. Now she's his running mate. Can you be any more of a career politician than that? So she probably doesn't care. Now also, she put a reporter away. A reporter that, that exposed Planned Parenthood in California selling baby body parts, which is illegal in the United States. Yeah. Can you be more of a political, of a career politician than that? She is a career politician. And she admitted when she was interviewed recently about all these things that she, uh, about, no, the stuff that she attacked Joe Biden with. Well, that's just politics. There you go. She also um, extended, uh, extended the um, prisoners in California and Los Angeles, their, their terms, their, uh, what do you call their, their time, their time that they had to serve in prison. She extended it further and used them as cheap labor, slave labor, to fix roads in California because California is broke. You see? So they don't have to... They don't have to hire private contractors. She's a career politician. Now, we went over this, and this is something that you, as a Catholic, we as all as Catholics, have to really pay attention to this. And now, um, her other questions included, have you ever in any way assisted with or contributed to ad advocacy against women's reproductive rights and were and were you aware that the Knights of Columbus opposed marriage equality when you joined the organization in other words gay marriage gay marriage this is the sorry my windows open this is the woman that could possibly sit in Joe Biden's place there's a possibility he he won't last long. The man is sick. He's he can't talk straight. He can't think straight. He can't put a sentence together. He's possibly suffering from early forms or already into uh into dementia. He just wants the title. He wants desperately the title. I feel sorry for him. I do. But Joe Biden has not been a a good Catholic. He doesn't believe, you know, he, he supports abortion, possibly because I'm going to say it. There's a lot of people who support abortion merely because of minorities. They just want to reduce the population of minorities of blacks and Hispanics. There's many, many, uh, I hate to say this. There's some Catholics, the old generation that holds to racist views. I know I bumped into them. I'm, I'm, I'm Middle Eastern. I'm not white. And I don't, I don't think that's right. I, don't, I definitely, obviously, I don't think it's right. 
But there's some people that hold that. It's sad. The, the and and the church, the church has remained silent because the church, our our leaders, our bishops, have a very close relationship with the Democratic Party. All right, a lot of bishops are registered Democrats. Michael Voris just did a video of um, a, a vortex <clears throat> about gay bishops. A lot of bishops are probably gay men themselves. This is because of the result of Vatican II. The Vatican II Church is less about theology. Yes, I know, there is theology. But you don't hear them talking about it. A lot of them are all fluffy, touchy-feely, sentimental words. Empty words. All right? Empty words. A lot of it is not about theology. Theology is about knowing God. Knowing who God is and how to worship him correctly. This is a fact that we have. We have this problem in the Catholic Church today. This is what the Vatican II Church produced. And it produced men like Joe Biden and men like James Martin and men like Bishop Barron, who's trying to make Catholicism look Sweet and tasty to a world that's all about emotion. Now, continuing down the line, after she asked that question, we also have Senator uh, Mazi Harino of Hawaii, Harris's colleague on the Judiciary Committee carry this line of questioning even further. She asked, she actually asked Bosher, Bosher, do you intend to end your membership with this organization to avoid any appearance of bias? Do you intend to end your membership in the Knights of Columbus to avoid any appearance of bias? So what makes her questioning not bias? What makes them not bias towards this man's faith? I mean, this is like standing before, uh, you know, a Roman, a Roman judge, uh, during the great, uh, you know, persecution of Christians in ancient Rome. I mean, it sounds, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's probably similar to what happened in, uh, during the Soviet takeover under Lenin. So therefore, you have to deny your faith. You want to take part in this government? You want us to give you this position? You have to denounce your faith. You have to denounce your membership with the Knights of Columbus. Why not go further? Why not ask him to denounce his membership in the Catholic Church? What kind of questioning is this, people? Seriously. This is this is what this is what the Democratic Party is now. All right, if you are a uh, a killing Democrat, if you like to kill babies in the womb, abort babies in the womb, uh, pass contraception to young women that possibly could cause them ovarian cancer, breast cancer. All right, uh, so therefore that's okay. All right, uh, so ba basically. This is the only way you could be a citizen of the country. Right? I mean, this is without shame. They're shameless here. It's amazing. I mean, recently, Senator Mazi Harino of Hawaii, when Ted Cruz asked her to denounce Antifa, she got up and walked away. She refused to denounce Antifa. It's unbelievable. So, do you intend to end your membership with this organization to avoid any appearance of bias? The implication, again, was that he, she could not and would not vote for anyone who was a member of the Knights of Columbus. No, you would not, not just Knights of Columbus, you would not vote for anyone who is a practicing Catholic, who is an Orthodox Christian. That's what it's, that's basically the whole heart of it. 
The above episode has been widely and properly remarked upon as an instance of anti-Catholic bigotry, including by Archbishop Charles Chaput. But what has what hasn't received nearly as much attention as it should have is what followed. Senator Ben Sass, or I, I, I don't know if it's Sassy, but Sass, who is from the Judge Bosch's home state of Nebraska, stood up on the Senate floor and roundly condemned Harris' effort to impose religious tests on federal officials as a violation of religious liberty. He then introduced Senate Resolution 19. I won't go into it. I, Whenever I download these things, they're all too technical. And, uh, you know, I, basically, let's just stick to the article. Expressing the sense of the Senate that disqualifying a nominee a nominee to the federal office on the basis of membership in the Knights of Columbus violates Clause 3 of Article 6 of the Constitution of the United States, which establishes that senators shall be bound by oath or affirmation to support the Constitution and no religious test shall ever be required as qualification to any office or public trust under the United States. Okay, I'm glad this, this, this man did it. I said it before, he knows his constitutional law. Okay, th what they were doing was against the law, violates the Constitution. But the Democrats don't care what the Constitution says. I'm going to give you my own a personal opinion of what's going on with the Dem Democratic Party uh, at the end of this. But there's a few things here we have to go through. Okay, Sass's resolution is a, a direct rebuke of Kamala Harris's anti-Catholic questioning of Judge Bosher. It was passed on January 16th, 2018, without amendment or debate, unanimous consent, by, by unanimous consent. In other words, not a single one of Harris's Democratic colleagues spoke up in her defense. She was abandoned by one and all. You know why? Because they knew what she was doing was wrong. This shows you the division within the Democratic Party. They knew what she was doing was absolutely wrong. It, it, that's why. Because there's a division within the Democratic Party. There's actually a civil war within them. I mean, look what's happening. Look, look, look what's happening in all the cities. I mean, the other day I was watching a video under Dr. Dr. Steve Truly, and he showed a, uh, some small town... Um, a suburban town, the Antifa people attacked uh, a veteran, a veteran in a wheelchair because he had an American flag on and I believe he had a, a pro America, uh, keep America great again hat. They, they, they assaulted him. The town came out and, and chased the Antifa guys out, the thugs out. Um, the cops, cops, police officers are having rocks thrown at them rocks big big boulders they're also shooting laser lights these particular laser lights into directly into their eye which could blind them all right these these antifa thugs are destroying cities they're smashing windows they're smashing cars they're spreading graffiti all over the place they're, they're actually thugs. That's exactly, this is what Antifa is supposed to do. They're supposed to cause um, this, th their job is rioting. It's rioting, it's thuggery, it's using violence and intimidate. They're terrorists. They're just terrorists. They're Marxist terrorists. Their job is to, to, call, to, to, to cause the population to bend the knee. It's no different than what you see with Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is just no, uh, another branch. Basically, it may not be agreeable. Sorry, car. <laughs> My window's open and it's not hot, so I'm not closing it. Uh, and I don't want to turn on the fan because you won't be able to hear me or the air conditioning as well. Um, it's sad. It's sad what's happening, but that's what they're doing. They want to intimidate the population. They want to make it so unbearable that you have no choice but to bend the knee. And so they're telling people to defund the police. Defunding the police doesn't matter where you're relocating or allocating the, the funds. The whole purpose of it 
is that you have less police, so less police can respond. And they want this so that they can get away with the crime. All right. Antifa actually convinces some oblivious people who joined who joined the uh the 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 rallies or the 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 violence whatever who think maybe that this looks fun and I want to be part of something great they would convince an oblivious bystander to throw a rock or throw a molotov cocktail and the person would get arrested you see they wear clothes with markings on them that they can recognize each other so they choose someone else to commit this crime, oblivious individual, and he or she will get arrested. And therefore, you, you know, they, they can get away with it. But they want people to join. They want people to be, you know, so motivated and energized. They don't realize what they're taking part in and they get arrested and you go to jail. You do the time and they get away with it. That's the whole purpose of it. Okay, so back to the article. So once uh, SAS, um, Senator Sass passed a resolution, uh, all the Democrats disassociated themselves with Kamala Harris. Uh, because like I said, they knew that this was dangerous, this was stupid, and it was wrong. Uh, of course, then the... Um, and, you know, she she didn't continue it, and no one, and she was she never brought up the question ever again. Uh, the article goes on to say, in other words, not a single one of Harris' Democratic colleagues spoke up in her defense. She was abandoned by one and all. The California Center wasn't called out by name, of course. That kind of public opprobrium is reserved for Republicans. But after this stinging rebuke, Harris never directly brought up the issue of religion again in subsequent confirmation hearings. Once was more than enough, however. We learned what Harris really thinks about the Catholic faith and its teachings. Her attack on Judge Bosher's faith and her subsequent rebuke by the entire U.S. Senate has revealed for all time that she is the most bigoted of all U.S. Senators. And this is the person, so-called Joe Biden, the Catholic, chose as his running mate, his VP. Why? Why would he choose someone like this? Why would he do it? I don't think he did. I think, I don't think Joe Biden wants to do this. I think Joe Biden is just the scarecrow. I think the Democrats know that they have been invaded. They have been infested by these Marxist socialist groups, people like AOC, the Talib woman from Michigan, and uh, Omar. And I think a lot of this could be uh, maybe more closer to Bernie Sanders' uh, camp. I think the socialists, I think this is, they're angry. They're angry Sanders hasn't been picked because the Democrats know that if Sanders got the nomination, the Democratic Party would be forever associated as a socialist party. It will no longer be associated with the American uh, fundamental beliefs, with the American ideals. The Democrats play with socialism. Some of them just hover over it you know, just slowly, you know, breathe a little bit, you know, just like, you know, slightly look like they're touching it, but they don't intend to. They like some, some of the socialist ideals. They like some of the social, socialist uh, ideas, but their intention is never to be socialist. And yet they have been hijacked. I think they're deliberately taking a fall and I think they deliberately want Joe Biden to lose. They want, I think they, 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 they would rather let Trump win. And I think they just, they, they, they rather do that. They don't want, they, they know they got to fix themselves. They go, they got next couple of years, four years. Hopefully they can fix the problem, disassociate themselves with uh, the, uh, the, the Marxists and socialists. Uh, hopefully Bernie Sanders will disappear and hopefully they, they, they're hoping that AOC could be voted out 
and Talib will be voted out and then try to fix the Democratic Party to look more American. That's what they're hoping. I think they realize the damage has been done. But this damage is not something that just happened recently. This, ha- this goes back to Barack Obama himself, who has globalist socialist ideas. But the man is not. The man, the man lives like a capitalist. He owns like three homes. He, um, he goes on yachts. He's enjoying himself. He's kite skiing. He's doing all kinds of stuff. He's got homes on Martha Vineyard. He's got a home in New York. He's got, I think he might have more than three homes. I think he might have a home in Hawaii and a home in Chicago. A lot of good investments. A lot of good investment. Then he's writing books and he's still making money. But I don't think he he has no intention of supporting Bernie, um, I'm sorry, Joe Biden. He said the other day that Joe Biden, he doesn't think is is up to it. He even used the term Joe Biden is just going to F things up. I won't say the word because it's a Catholic podcast, but that's exactly what he said. He's been uh, quoted on Politico. So I don't think he intends... I don't think he never, he never really believed in Joe Biden because he doesn't, Joe Biden was just his VP. He was the white guy, you know, just there. But I don't think he really cares anymore. You know, he's the only thing that matters is that he can still make an income. He can sell his book, give a talk here and there. He'll give a talk in Europe, get paid a couple of euros, get paid a couple of dollars here in New York, appear in Columbia University, give a talk on another program. That's only that's only that's all his intention. But I don't think he cares anymore. He has Michelle has no intention of running for the presidency. She doesn't she, she doesn't want to get up every single day and deal with it. No. And Joe Biden, he probably just wants that dream just to have that title, even for six months, six months, nine months, a year. When he can't do it anymore, he'll just hand it over the old wise, old American white man, descendant of Europeans, hand over to a woman of color. It's not a racist thing. It's just that it's a symbolic thing. It shows that America has finally come of age and that the European side of America can finally disappear. And uh, the white misogynistic man can just go into the sunset and never be heard of ever again. That's the whole point of it. Let's go to another article. Okay, another article from LifeSite News. Uh, Pro-abortion Democrats secure pro-LGBT star priest Father James Martin to deliver a convocation at the convention. (laughs) Father, um, you know, Slim Jim Martin, pro-gay priest is going to deliver a speech. Numerous faith leaders have pointed out that the Democratic Party is unsupported by Catholics because of its pro-abortion platform. Well, uh, what else? This is by Doug Minwaring, uh, Mainwaring, um, Monday, August 17th, 2020. So let's go into it here. August 17th, 2020. Pro-LGBT Jesuit priest James Martin, along with a rabbi and an imam, is slated to deliver an invocation on the final night of the Democratic National Convention. Okay, so it's the final night convention when pro-abortion candidate Joe Biden will accept his party's nomination for president of the United States. I was honored to accept the the invitation to pray at the Democratic Convention, Martin announced to his Twitter followers. Let me just stop here. Um, I can't remember. Was it Chris Wallace? Um, I believe his name was. Yes, from Fox News. I think that's the name. He's been trying to get Joe Biden to agree to an interview for this, this past Sunday. This past Sunday. Before the convention, because technically the so-called the 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 champion of the party is supposed to agree to, you know, at least some kind of interview. And the Biden camp refused, which is unheard of, because the winner, the champion is supposed to do this. You're supposed to agree to an interview. It's supposed to help you. Well, 
they don't want him. They don't want him to go in front of the cameras. They don't want him to agree to an interview. They're they're doing everything wrong. They're trying. I don't like I said, I don't think they they plan to win. They don't plan to win. Now, the only question I think a lot of people are having, if Trump gets wins and it looks like he's going to lean towards getting, you know, winning the election again, will they be will there be more rioting? Will there be more looting? Will there be more violence? If that happens, the damage to the Democratic Party is done. The party, I think, honestly should be wiped out, should should be outlawed because people are leaving. They're leaving the city. Here's, a, here's something for you. Seattle and Portland, the majority of the population there is something like 87 87 percent, maybe maybe more uh, white in Seattle, Washington, in the state of Seattle, and then in Portland, Oregon, again the population is somewhere maybe 73 percent, maybe 76 percent white. So, what is what does any of this have to do with Black Lives Matter? All the looting and violence and destruction is mainly done by whites, by white people. So the question is, what does Black Lives Matter have anything to do with it? The only answer is, according to some to some uh, theorists, some people or at least who are studying this, is that they're all Marxist. They're all Marxist. They're all Antifa, and they're all um, rich, spoiled white kids, artists, intellectuals who are bored to death and want to come up with a system that benefits them. It has nothing to do with racial equality. It has nothing to do with that. All right, let's continue with the article again. All right, so James Martin is going to give um, the uh, the speech. Interesting. Okay, let's look at this, uh, the, the prayer, the final prayer. <sighs> wow. That, that, what, what, could, what more can you do to actually push conservative Catholics away? All right. All right. Let's look at this here. I was honored to accept the invitation to pray at the Democratic Convention. Martin announced to his Twitter followers, I will be praying for a respect up for the sanctity of all human life and for a nation in which all are welcome, he added. And if the Republicans invite me, I'll pray the same prayer. <laughs> I... Uh, don't worry about it. I don't think it's going to happen. Martin then linked to a New York Times article that mentioned his pick. Uh, okay, so let's skip his Twitter. Oh, wow. They put two. Pray for the dignity of all humanity. All right, let's go to the to the meat and potatoes here. A number of online commentators expressed dismay that a Catholic priest would lend credibility to the Democratic Party, which proudly includes the right to abortion in its official 2020 platform and whose candidate for the presidency and vice presidency have repeatedly made clear their personal dedication to abortion. By agreeing to speak at the party's important event, uh, more than that, some are horrified that a priest would dine to participate in the event because so many of the planks in the party platforms are antithetical to Catholicism. Sorry about that. Including its extreme pro-LGBTQ plus stance and associate to continued promised assaults on religious liberty. Do they know who this man is? Do they know who James Martin is? I mean, they're being very silly here. He's a Jesuit. He's pro-LGBT. He's not an Orthodox priest. He's a silly little boy. All right. This is this is the you know James Martin is not is 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 not. No one's lining up. No one's lining up on YouTube to listen to him. Wow. I you know I think it's kind of silly, but you know, but I know the the. The um, the reporter is just reporting this. Martin has been the greatest force for the normalization of homosexuality and transgenderism in the Catholic Church. 
today. And he continues mostly unchecked in 2017. He published a book titled Building a Bridge, How the Catholic Church and the LGBT Community Can Enter into a Relationship of Respect, Compassion, and Sensitivity. Martin is not about theology. Martin does not care about theology. As a matter of fact, I don't think Martin knows theology. All right? He, and, and he has Pope Francis to protect him. And also, he's the head of the Vatican uh, media. So, people have to really just simply realize who they're talking about here. Okay, let's continue. The Jesuit frequently delivers speeches around the country and the world, prompting his pro-LGBT message, including at the 2018 World Meeting of Families in Ireland, where he suggests that active homosexuals should be invited into parish ministries, specifically mentioning them becoming Eucharistic ministers in order to make them welcomed and accepted in the Catholic Church. Well, you know what? I don't. Uh, I, I think he's going to find a church that's extremely empty, and I hate to say that. I mean, I went to Mass this Sunday for, um, well, actually it was Saturday evening for the Feast of the Assumption. And uh, the priest mentioned that it wasn't um, an obligation, that Sundays or any feast day, any particular important day on the, on the liturgical calendar was not an obligation because of the pandemic. There were quite a few, there were people, but it wasn't a lot. There was a lot of seats that were blocked because of social distancing. And I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that a lot of people won't come back. I'm afraid a lot of people won't come back. I think the people that went are people with strong conservative views. Um, they, their faith is still important. The Blessed Mother is still important to them. But the, the clergy, the clergy on top, don't, you know, they, they keep trying to make themselves modern and they keep trying to reach out to the world, but they don't reach out. They don't look towards those conservative Catholics. They ignore them. They take them for granted. And that's the problem. They take conservative practicing Catholics, devout practicing Catholics who take their faith seriously. They take them for granted. They don't take them seriously. And this is a serious problem because the liberal side you know, is all feeling. And a lot of them may show the ch- may show up to church sometimes and the rest of the year they may not. They have to start taking those practicing Catholics seriously. You know, I really would love it if my parish, my basilica, would have the Latin Mass. It would be so beautiful. I think the parish, I think the, the, the main sanctuary would be so packed it you know it it would it, it would shock everybody. This would be probably the most popular basilica in the area. You'll have people coming from all around for for the Latin Mass for the Trinitine Mass. Regina Pace. It would it would it would be fantastic. All right, let's continue. So let's continue. So the Jesuit frankly delivers speeches around the country and the world promoting pro-LGBT message, including at the 2018 World Meeting of the Families. Okay, we read that part, but let's go on here. This part you're going to love. Father James Martin and Sister Simone Campbell, who lobbied on behalf of Obamacare and its requisite contraceptive mandate, will speak at the Democratic convention this week, noted Raymond Arroyo, host of EWTN's The World Over, reminding his followers that some of the Catholics who have given high-profile public roles at the convention may have something to do with their dedication to anti-Catholic political causes. Now, okay, let's look at this. Let's get, let's step back here a little bit, okay? Father James Martin and Sister Simone, who lobbied, Sister Simone Campbell, lobbied on behalf of Obamacare. Do you remember the little sisters, sisters of the poor? The sister, little sisters of the poor who refused to bend the knee to Obamacare. All right? Pro-Catholic Joe Biden never came to their rescue, did he? And Sister Simone, we're assuming here she's a nun, Sister Simone Campbell... 
didn't come to their rescue either. They both lobbied and campaigned for Obamacare and its requisite contraceptive mandate. And, they, and they're going to speak at the Democratic Convention this week. Okay? So this, this obviously, you know, it says it here. Father James Martin and Sister Simone Campbell, this is from his Twitter account, who lobbied on behalf of Obamacare and its requisite contraceptive mandate, will speak at the Democratic Convention this week. Well, now look at this. A priest praying at the Democratic Party Convention and Father Frank Pavone, a priest for life, who contrasted Father Martin's announcement with his own recent experience of being asked by the Vatican congregation for the clergy to step down from working with the Trump re-election campaign. In other words, Father Frank Pavone has been silenced. Father Frank Pavone, priest for life, has been sidelined, has been benched. But meanwhile... Father Jimmy Martin, pro-gay, Rainbow Martin, can speak at the Democratic Convention. Don't you see the hypocrisy here? I'm going to have to do another podcast with just this, this, uh, this particular article, and we're going to have to go into a little bit more. Unbelievable. Father Provon has been asked to step down and disassociate with the Trump re-election campaign. And people have a problem with me leading prayers for Catholic for Trump and pro-life voices for Trump, he explained. That's Father Frank Pavone. I will continue to lead prayers for the Trump campaign, Pavone promised, which Democrats, hypocrites, complain. Unbelievable. <sighs> Father Pavone is the National Director of Priests for Life who until last month served on the advisory board for Catholics for Trump, Catholics for Trump, also chair for pro-life voices for Trump. Not a sin to vote Democrat, Father Pavone asked in another tweet responding to Father Martin, pointing out that the Democratic Party's stated beliefs are far from benign. As we, as if we, we're, we are in a, an ivory tower talking about theoretical relationship between political parties and the church as if the democratic party had allied itself with social with socialism abortion opposition to religious freedom as if uh pontifex doesn't care i i i'm guessing he's referring to the pope maybe i don't know unbelievable really do you think father james martin will pray f- for an end to ab- to the abominable crime of killing babies through abortion at the Democratic Convention, asked Deacon Nick Donnelly, commenting from the United Kingdom. Neither do I. His prayers for respect for the sanctity of all human life is an empty gesture, Donnelly suggested. Not all Catholics are troubled by the inclusion of Father Martin in the DNC lineup. Heidi uh, of <laughs> I can't pronounce the name, executive editor of the leftist National Catholic Reporter and CNN contributor to a, uh, appeared thrilled with the with the prospect, getting excited for the Democratic Convention. Uh, Heidi uh, uh, Schlumpf, <laughs> I'm sorry, explained, unbelievable. Uh, Schlumpf ex- ex- uh, uh, was ex- exhilarated. Uh, is unsurpassing, having recently step, uh, stupefied U.S. Catholics with fawning opinion piece about U.S. Re- uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez headlined, AOC is the future of the Catholic Church. Unbelievable. U.S. Representative Ex- uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's stunning speech on the House floor last week has been called comeback for the ages, the most important feminist speech in a generation, and a lesson in sexism and decency. The convention, which the New York Times has described as a star-studded Zoom call, because the speaker will be offering her, their remarks from remote locations due to the Wuhan virus restrictions, will run from Monday, August 17th through Thursday, August 20th. Former Vice President Biden will accept his party nomination on Thursday. The same day that Father Martin is expected to deliver his con- uh, invocation, other primetime keynote speakers, including 
Michelle Obama on Monday, Jill, Jill, uh, Jill Biden on Tuesday, and Barack Obama on Wednesday. Okay, so, people, I, this is unbelievable hypocrisy. Father Perone, Frank Perone, is sidelined, told by the Vatican to disassociate himself with Trump. And Father James Martin is who is based who is the director of Vatican Media. He's been head of Vatican Media, is given permission to to give the invocation speech. All right, this and then there's a, a um, Simone Campbell, Sister Simone Campbell, who who basically campaigned for Obamacare, campaigned for the Obamacare, and which pushed for contraception and, of course, access to abortion. This is Catholicism. This is this. They really expect us. We are a pro-life religion. We are we, we, our faith, our Christian faith, our church is pro-life. This pope is a globalist pope. He's losing this church. He's losing people. He he really is a hippie pope. I hate to say it. He's losing people. He's losing the church. The church is fractured. The civil war continues within the Catholic Church. Unbelievable. It's just remarkable. Remarkable hypocrisy and and suicidal. I'm going to do another article on the uh, another podcast in this one more carefully. Um, we're going to look into it more. I'm going to really uh, try to pull up another article that would go along with this uh, this one because I think it's important to revisit articles and review it, and so that it can sink in. Because a lot I know a lot of you guys can't do look up these articles, but you should read them. It's on LifeSite News. It's free. LifeSite LifeSite News is free. You don't have to pay anything. I mean, they may ask you once in a while to give a donation. It's up to you. I, I know times are tough because of the of what's going on. Trust me, I know. Um, you know, uh, it's something we all have to think about. Uh, once more, please subscribe to my podcast. It would help a great deal. It would um, really, uh, for those of you who are devout practicing Catholics, please subscribe to my podcast. It would help a great deal. It would help Anchor and Spotify and Google Podcasts and all the other platforms know that you guys really do like listening to uh, something like this. It would help me a great deal because this is, this for me is all about the faith, is all about, you know, reaching out to Catholics. Um, you know, an audience like this is going to be small because religious podcasts, um, unless of course you're a superstar, maybe, but uh, really it helps a great deal. I like taking articles like this and I like reading it. I know a lot of people have very little time. Uh, I do this for you. I do this for you guys. Uh, I read it. And if you really are motivated to go check out these articles, you should Um, because it helps a great deal. And so politics is part of being a Christian. Remember what our Lord said. Sorry about that. Go out into all the world and preach the gospel and teach the gospel to every to all and teach them to observe all that I have commanded. Going out to all the world doesn't mean not be political. All right? St. Paul had to be political when he said he wanted to be heard by Caesar. He appealed to Caesar. And that line, it always, it always sounds like to me from Shakespeare, you appeal to Caesar, then to Caesar you shall go. It sounds like from Shakespeare, but it's really a cool line. But he decided he wanted to be heard. And he stood in front of the governor of Jerusalem. He stood in front of Herod um, Antipas, um, not Antipas, um, one of the Herods. <laughs> and then uh, in front of the, the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees. You can't put away your faith when it comes to politics. Okay, we are Americans. We, 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 we live in this country and any country, any country you belong to, you are a practicing Catholic. You pay your taxes. You have a right to be heard. What these people did to that judge, to Judge Brian Bro, uh, uh, Bosher, was wrong. They were telling him to 
leave his faith, to abandon his faith if he wants a political a political uh, position. Uh, it's basically, which do you choose? Jesus or Barabbas? And they chose Barabbas. And what did they say to Pilate? If you let this man go, referring to Jesus, that you are no friend of Caesar. And what did Pilate had to do? He washed his hands and said to the people, it is not I who want him dead, but you who seek his blood. I am innocent of this man's blood. No, he's not. No, he's not. Okay, the faith, the Christian faith and politics, the world is always going to be at war. These people, are many of them are political opportunists. They just want a position. They want a position of power. They want, they want that paycheck. They want that tax money. They want, they want your money and they want, they want a position of power. They will, like people like uh, Kamala Harris will do anything, anything, anything to get elected. And Joe Biden, he just wants that title. He wants that title so badly. But now he's, you know, he's at the, uh, the, the winter of his life, unfortunately. And someone like Barack Obama, he never cared about Joe Biden. He never cared. But the only thing he cares about is Barack Obama. All right? And people should realize that. And, 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 and Nancy Pelosi is the same thing. She's holding on because her God is, is politics. It's the golden cow. Her and Chuck Schumer. She's Catholic as well. Does she really care about her faith? No. She doesn't care about her faith. To her, it's politics that's her God. That's the one that she'll dance around in a loincloth and, 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 and sing hymns to. All right? Nancy Pelosi worships politics. Okay? So does, so does Joe Biden. But politics, the God of politics, doesn't love you back. When you're done, you're done. Okay? And no one's going to remember your name. Another person will come along. AOC is basically the new Nancy Pelosi. And she worships the God of politics. And she's ready to take Nancy Pelosi's place or Chuck Schumer's place. Kamala Harris, she's another one. Politics is their God. Okay, which do you choose? Jesus or Barabbas? It's your choice. And we remember, we will have to answer when we stand before Christ all right, how we live our lives. Yes, yes there's, yes, there's poor people. And our Lord said, the poor will always be with you, but I shall not always be with you. So, you know, we should care about the poor. We should care. We should take care of them. We should do every, everything we can to try to, to lessen the pain in people's lives. But there will always be poor people. There will always be poor people. So let's remember that. Okay, so remember, please subscribe, share. Tell your friends, let uh, Anchor and Spotify know that you that you want to hear more podcasts like this. Uh, it will be a great help, and not, not, to, not just to me, but to other people, so other people can see this podcast and listen to it. That's the wonderful thing about this medium is that uh, as long as you have a phone or maybe a computer, it's free. All right, God bless, and uh, I'll be back again soon.